Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey, Steve, Justin, I was wondering if you guys could take a look at Target and let me know if it'd be a good long term hold and what would be a good price to get in. And provides unbiased answers. Yeah, that's easy. Target is a good long term hold, yes. Like Walmart, Osco. So it's expensive, it's right at the top of its range. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. And if you look at your calendar, you can see that summer goes zipping by as it it just seems as time as you get older, time goes by a lot faster. So you young people enjoy your life while you can. Because life, it goes fast. Goes very fast. But that's okay. Uh, anyways, and of course you saw the market today and pretty pretty good volatility. You know, it's just something we're just going to get used to. And it's not that big of a deal. Really, it's not. Volatility is what it is. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's good. It's just volatile. Okay? Um, And we're going to see that for the rest of the summer or into the winter. I I can't see it stopping, really. I really don't. Especially with the COVID uh, uh, picking up again, a new variant causing more problems, even though those problems aren't nearly as bad as the first onset of the COVID back in last year ago, March, uh, because, you know, we have treatments and vaccines, and so we'll be fine. I don't think it'd be that big of an issue. I think it might be a political issue, but as far as an issue for everybody's health, I think, uh, you know, it's like a really bad flu that you can die from. So just be aware of that. Okay, on today's program, as we do every day, I start off with our mission statement, independent thinking for shared success, and that means we're going to give you accurate market reporting, we're going to give you comprehensive information as much as we can as as we read it in front of you in the few minutes we have per stock, but I will give you all the information I can as fast as I can and as accurate as I can. So, and we want you to know how to manage your money. If you don't want to manage it, that's okay. But we want you to know how other people manage your money. You know, it's important to understand what they're doing with it so you can recognize something you don't like. Remember, it's your money. So you got to protect it. And we'll do this all without any biases. We don't pay anybody. No one pays us for any giving out information. or, or You know, that does happen. I don't know if you know that, but people pay people to talk good or bad, you know, good about a stock. And usually, don't pay them to talk bad about it, but to talk it up, to make it sound better than it is, or to use their products, you know, the business products they want us to use, which may or may not be the greatest, may not be the best. So just be aware that there's biases out there. We don't have any. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. Anything financial, we'll talk about. You can call right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. And the number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to the first question. 
What's up, Steve or Justin? This is Lewis from Seattle. I have a question on company Gentex, G-N-T-X. I like its fundamentals and dividend growth, but do feel it's a little overpriced. But I was wondering, with the chip shortage affecting the auto industry, would that have an domino effect on auto component companies? If so, do you think it will have an effect on Gentech, causing the price to drop to the low 20s in the near future? And would that be a good entry point? Look forward to your answer. Thank you, and have a good day. Yeah, the low 20s looks like a very good long-term support for this company, uh, Gentex Corporation. Uh, I think, though, the low 30s, right now it's at $33.12. The low 30s, like $31, is probably... The short-term support. In other words, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's going to go below that. But if you can get it into the low twenties, below twenty-five, that'd be ideal. But I don't know if we get that. They're making money. They're going to earn increase their earnings by twenty-seven percent this year to a dollar eighty-three a share, and then next year an estimate is for another twenty-three percent growth in earnings to two dollars and twenty-five cents. And remember, it's a thirty-three dollar stock. So that gives you a, about a, what, 15, 16 PE, 15 PE or so, 18% return on equity. Gentex Corporation manufactures automatic dimming rearview mirrors, electronics, garage door openers for automotive industry. Uh, it's a almost $8 billion company. Sales have really taken off in the most recent quarter, up 86%. Before that, they were up 7%, then 19%. And last year, they were down because of COVID. So that it's a pretty big jump. So I kind of, I think it's a good good stock. Pays 1.4% dividend, good cash flow. Mutual funds are slowly buying. Uh, management owns 1%. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. GNTX, everybody. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story. Household debt has surged to its highest level in 14 years. So we're going to talk about that. According to the Federal Reserve, anyways, household debt is the second quarter in the second quarter jumped to $15 trillion. My trivia question will focus on the retirement states you will probably want to avoid. To avoid these states. That'll be coming up at the halfway mark. And other topics, time permitting, I, I hope to get to uh, the August statistics and what happens in August what, uh, as far as market performance. I want to talk about uh, uh, particular IPOs and then IPOs in general, why they are dangerous. Um, also, uh, a hedge fund, a guy named Diego Perelia, or Perelia, uh, as a head funds manager, he thinks gold's going to three to five thousand dollars. Why? Talk about why he thinks that. It doesn't mean just because he's a hedge fund manager doesn't mean he's the expert on what golds go. So don't necessarily believe me. I always take everything with a grain of salt. And finally, did you see uh, Amazon is kind of turning away from drone delivery systems? Find that interesting. So I'll share that with you. Those are the what? Those are things I'm going to talk about. If you don't call and you drive the show. Remember, you, you can take it anywhere you want to financially. As long as it's financial, we'll go there. So what did the market do today? 
It was mixed, actually, even though I'd say it's mixed only because the NASDAQ was up 19 points. The Dow was down 324 points, and the S&P was down 20. Uh, the market overall was basically down, but you got to call it mixed when the NASDAQ was up 19 points. Okay, so it was a mixed market day. Uh, let's see. Okay, we're headed into a break, a quick break. The Investop phone lines are open. We love to get you live on there. And if you don't, that's okay. We, you can record your questions and we'll play them on the air. So give me a call if you can, 888-99-CHART. As we move through summer, you'll want and need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Okay, we have some iTunes questions to get to. I have a question regarding, this is from uh, Zach. Uh, he had a question regarding Jacob's Engineering Group. Uh, Jacob's Engineering Group. The symbol is J, everybody. So let's take a look at Jacob's. I'll pull it up. My position has grown to about uh, 8% of my portfolio. Would now be a good time to take some profits? Or should I just let my winners run? Also, what is your opinion of Jacob's Engineering Group? Now, let's talk about philosophy for a second. Remember we talk about rebalancing your portfolio when it gets out of balance? I will tell you this. So when a, when a position gets over 10% of your portfolio because it's done very well and everything else could have done well too, but this one just really shot up, or everything else could have done terrible and this one didn't. When it gets to that size, I generally look at it to rebalance. I will cut back. Uh, I won't sell it because it's a winner. Why would you sell your winners? You don't want, there's an old saying, you don't want to pick your flowers and water your weeds. Okay, so that means don't just take all the money out of the winners to get out. That's what, It's a winner for a reason. You just need to find out what is the reason. Is it going to continue to go? And, and weeds are those stocks that have gone down. Don't buy more. They're going down. Why would you want to participate that? But there may be times when you should. You should buy more. But you got to be real careful. So don't pick the flowers and water the weeds. That's the old saying. Jacobs Engineering provides technical, professional, and construction service to industrial, commercial, and government clients, engineering firm. They've made money for years and years and years, and every year, yep, every year, even, even the COVID year, they have been able to grow their earnings. They're going to make $7.12 next year. That's the estimate. They're going to make $6.23 this year. It's $128 stock. Why is it 128 Because the earnings are consistent. Growth rate is small, but consistent. It's a very consistent company. So there'll be long periods of this company where it won't move, and then there'll be periods like now. They've done very well since March of, oh, June of uh, last year or so. They've done very well. Debt is very manageable. Cash flow is $6.31. Very good. Return equity is 13%, which is good, but not very good. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds own 50% of the company. Mutual funds went from 991 mutual funds owning this company a year ago to 1,129 now. So they're buyers of this company. And you think about it, if there's going to be a lot of infrastructure, that's why it would go up. Infrastructure, you need lots of engineering when you do infrastructure, and that's what the government is trying to spend trillion-plus more dollars on. I guess we're never going to worry about debt again, I guess. 
I mean, it seems that way, doesn't it? We don't worry about that. So, anyways, uh, that's Jacob Engineering. Another question. I wanted to get your thoughts on SEMR. The stock went public around March, okay, March of 2021. Now, you know what I'm thinking, right? It went public in March of this year. Why are you buying an IPO? You should not be buying IPOs at least at the minimum six months after they become IPO, after they come out. I took a position at $11.50, and I'm depending taking some profits. I'm a big fan of the company, as their software is by far the best in the industry, but a run-up like this on IPO concerning me, blah, blah, blah. So let's take a look at the stock. Okay, S-E-M-R is the symbol, everybody. Samrush Holdings provides uh, SAAS platform to run SEO pay-per-click pay content on social media and competitive research companies. Not going to make money. Has never made money. It's not going to make money this year or next year. It's going to lose two cents next year, five cents a share this year. Lost five cents a share last year. Lost seven cents a share the year before. The $2.7 billion company, it does have sales growth, 35 to 40% per quarter. But it's too new. You should not be buying this stock. I'd sell it and take my profits, personally, because it's too new. You don't know what's going to. I'm going to talk about one IPO that in a few minutes about why I, you don't do it. Okay? Okay, two people posted the same basic question, Brian and uh, Sierra. Um, wanted to get my opinion on ticker symbol CRSP and ticker HACK for long-term holdings. Okay, let's take a quick look at CRSP. Okay, uh, that is a Switzerland-based developer of gene-based medicines for serious diseases using and just, okay, just seriously. Uh, now going to lose $6.96 next year. Don't buy it. Why, why buy these companies? Don't. They have to make money. They made money this year. They lost money last year. You know, this company is inconsistent. No. Get, stay away from it. Okay. And the other one, a hack. H-A-C-K. That's probably cybersecurity. Exchange traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the cybersecurity index. I mentioned this the other day. I like cybersecurity a lot. It just seems very pricey. You need to look at the in, the holdings in this and evaluate each of the ta top ten holdings in this ETF. And if it's too expensive, stay away. On a correction, buy it. I like the sector. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and the task of building your financial freedom is ongoing and consistent, and it's a chore. But you got to do it. You can't. You can't. You can't stop. You got to do it. So let's talk about it. Your particular situation is on my mind, so let's talk about that. So, please call 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Bert out here in Bakersfield, California. 
I just had a question about L Brands Inc., ticker symbol LB. I bought 45 shares of this back in February around $48, and it's had a nice run up to about $80 a share. It looks like yesterday, August 1st, they announced a spinoff of Victoria's Secret. The ticker symbol for that is VSCO. I just wondered what I should do since there was a spinoff. It looks like in my account, there's still the 45 shares of L Brands, but now there's 15 shares of Victoria's Secret. So I was wondering if I should, you know, sell them off, keep a little bit of both, or just keep one. Uh, any advice would be appreciated. Thanks. The problem with Victoria's Secret, which was a spinoff from L Brands, is that it's it's new. I mean, it's a new independent company trading on its own, and it's hard to evaluate it. It, it I don't, you know, they looks like they're going to make a good good chunk of change. It looks like they're going to make seven dollars a share this year and eight dollars a share next year. And it's a fifty-seven dollar stock, and you say, well, gee, that's 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 a great value. And you're right, it is a great value, but it's brand new. Who knows? How do they know? Who? It's a tough call for me. Um, I'd probably, I, I, I'd probably take the profits and leave and and stick with L Brands for the time being. Not that it's not, you know, Victoria is a very big brand, everybody very recognizable. Um, a lot of women like the store, um, and I can understand that. Uh, I don't think their uh, online their online approach is doing them much good. I don't. It seems like it's a kind of brand that needs a store for women and men to go in and look at the clothes and try them on for the women, so on and so forth. But I, I'd probably stay away from it. Just my personal bias on that. My focus point today concerns this story. Household debt has surged to its highest level in 14 years. Highest. According to the Federal Reserve, household debt in the second quarter jumped to nearly $15 trillion. So why is that? You probably could guess. What's the biggest portion of someone's household debt? What Of our country's household debt, what's the biggest portion of their debt? It's mortgages. And that's obvious, right? Think about the price appreciation of housing and how much people are buying new houses in the last six months or year. And they're financing that with huge debt with very low mortgage rates. So, you know, that's obvious. It's not the only mortgage. You know, it's mortgage mortgages are not the only household debt, obviously. But there's like, uh, there's mortgages, there's home equity revolving loans, there's auto loans, there's credit card, student loans, and other. And the only loan category that went down recent times is... Student loans. Student loans. So I thought that was interesting. It might be because people not going to class and COVID, maybe, I don't know, they're not going to college this year. I know I have some nieces and nephews that didn't go to college because, you know, this camp, it was all online and they just did not go. Yeah. So they're going back this year. So a couple of them. So... It's it's household debt going up so much. Is it terrible? Now, debt rose $313 billion in the second quarter to the $15 trillion number. In taller terms, that was our fastest growth just in the second quarter of 2007. You remember when that, what that was? That was a housing bubble before it popped. Remember? Okay? That doesn't mean we're in a housing bubble now. I'm not saying that. So don't put words in my mouth, but 
the last time it grew that fast was just before the pop of the housing bubble in 2007, 2008. Now, over the past four quarters, mortgage origination have totaled close to $4.6 trillion. And that accounts for 44% of all outstanding home loan balances. So just this just in the last year, is 44% of all the home loan balances. Remember, we've been borrowing money for years and years and years, but it's only been this last year that made up 44% of the entire balance. That's pretty amazing, I think. Interesting stat. Now, what do you do with that statistic? All you can do is recognize it, that debt is skyrocketing, not just for the government, but also personal home, personal loan, personal debt, household debt. Everything is skyrocketing debt-wise. And one of the reasons is the interest rate so low. If the interest rate wasn't so low, you probably wouldn't do that. And this is corporate debt, too. They're doing the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Going to be a problem. Going to be a going to be a big going to be a big problem. Okay, uh, choosing where to retire comes with a number of decisions, including whether you want to be close to friends or family. You know, for me, it's all about weather. But other people's, I will say, let me rephrase it: weather and family, two most important things for me. So, where are the worst places to retire? Personal uh, finance website Bankrate.com ranked each U.S. state across five key areas. What states were determined to be the worst place to retire? After break, I'll give you the answer. But for now, my lines are open. You can give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, before the break, I asked a uh, trivia question. Uh, 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 and per- personal finance website bankrate.com ranked each U.S. state across five key areas and what states were determined to be the worst places to retire? Now, you got they have five areas. Here's the five areas, the key areas that they rated. Affordability, wellness, culture, weather, and crime. So I, I'm looking at wellness and culture are kind of subjective, I think. I mean, I don't, what, what do you mean wellness? I mean, how many doctors and hospitals? And I think that's what they mean. Health treatment centers, places to take care of you, and affordability is pretty obvious. That's not a problem. But what's interesting is affordability rated was forty percent of weighted forty percent of the five factors, and wellness twenty percent. So between those two, sixty percent. So they're weighting them based on those two things pretty heavily. Okay, Washington. Washington afforded it ranked 36 in uh, affordability, eighth in wellness, 27th in culture. Then Idaho and Connecticut, then Alabama, Arkansas. These are the worst places, right? Uh, Maine, Alaska, Montana, Kansas, Minnesota, and the worst is Maryland. Now. If you wait, wait like they say they waited it, I can see that, you know, wellness, these are states that have very little, a lot of these states have very little population. Therefore, probably very few hospitals and doctors in those states. So, uh, yeah, it's always subjective in some way, shape, or form. They have to rate it some way, and that's what they chose. So, you know, I kind of like Idaho myself. Uh, I don't know, if, you know, I... The other states, I mean, why not Maine? Probably because the weather is so cold in the winter. Um, I don't know why Alabama and Arkansas will be in the middle there of the worst 10. Alaska probably because, you know, it's kind of expensive to live in the city area. It's expensive to live because food and transportation is so hard to get up there. So uh, that's probably affordability. And then in the hinterland of Alaska, there's very few hospitals and doctors near people because there's no, there's not a lot of population to begin with. So it's hard to know. Maryland, I've been through Maryland. Uh, I don't know why. It's ranked affordability 47th, wellness number four, culture 39. I don't know. 888 chart. Let's go to Noel and Napa. How you doing, Noel? Hi, Steve. How you doing? I lost you. I'm here. 
Are you there? Well, Noah wants to talk about Lumen Technologies. Lumen Technologies provides... Are you there? Are you there? No? Anyways. Provides local exchange, long-distance network accessibility, brand services to rural communities in 37 states. Why is the stock doing so poor? It's at $11.62. It's going to make $1.65 this year, $1.37 next year. They pay an 8.6% dividend, and they can afford the dividend. But I don't like it because the sales have been consistently going down. I think this is a management event. I own this stock in some of our managed companies because the potential is huge. Because they're moving from landlines, uh, copper wires, which they're selling off, to fiber optics and high speed. And the management is doing all the right things, but something is wrong because the stock is not reflecting the thing, right things they're doing. They're selling off old, old uh, technology and buying new technology. And during the transition, the stock isn't doing much. It's doing poorly. But I really like the direction they're going. And let's see. Mutual funds are buying. Uh, uh, mutual funds own 30, 37% of the company. They have lots of debt, but they're paying down the debt with what they're selling. They, how'd they get the debt? Because they were buying new technology uh, assets. So, so no, I can't, no, I hear you back. Um, but I, I like the company. I like what they're doing. I don't. I think the management is not, not. I think they're not presenting it properly to the public for some reason. You read all the articles on it. Uh, it's a positive, positive bent. They're selling the old and buying the new, and you know they have a great dividend which they can afford. But I don't like the fact that their sales are slowly going down in the low single digits every quarter. They need to turn that around. That's probably they can turn the sales around. This stock is going to be worth a lot more money. It's already worth. It's probably worth about I'm going to say eighteen to twenty dollars, and it's at eleven dollars sixty two cents. That's what the value is. No, appreciate the call. Thank you. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay, we talk. And people have been calling me about IPOs and you know what do they think of this gun? What do I think of that gun? And I've been telling you I need you need to stay away from. Them. Here's a perfect example. What an IPO can do when there's no earnings. The company went IPO. Uh, it's called Zermergen. Z-Y is the symbol. It went down 70% today. 70%. It IPO'd on April 21st at $31, moved up to $52 a share. And today, what was it close? Let me take a look because I had this early in the afternoon. Today, it closed at $8.25. What was the issue? What was the problem? Well, first of all, they don't have any earnings. They have no earnings. And sales are just barely creeping along. Had a good sales in the most recent quarter. Before that, sales were falling. These, this company makes, the, their technology was the folding flexible screens for cell phones and other devices. And that was their big thing. Oh, we have the technology for that. Well, they had technical difficulties producing it all of a sudden, and the company tanked overnight. You couldn't get out. You can get out at $8. So it's an IPO. They don't have any earnings. They have no sales. They don't have anything, no track record. So you can't base anything on it. It was all about a story. When you have just the story, 
it can do this kind of thing. And that's why I don't like IPOs, to invest in IPOs, because most of the time it's a story. Not all the time, but most of the time it is. You're buying the story. The story sounds great. Doesn't mean you never buy them. It just means you tend to hardly ever buy them, right? So stay away from IPOs. Anyway, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Thank you for telling your friends and family and members about us. I do appreciate it. So I've got another iTunes review question here. Uh, this came from Nick in Los Angeles. I wanted to get your take on digital turbine, symbol APPS. I own stock and call options, but want to buy more around $64. Does this company's future growth prospects justify paying such a high current price? Oh, well, let's look at APPS, digital turbine. Uh, uh, it's been around for a while. They're going to make $1.50 this year after making $0.74 cents last year. And they're estimated to make $2.21 next year. Growth rate is 150, 140, 150% in the last couple of quarters, and it's been accelerating. The $5.9 billion company. So that's why it could be worth a lot more. The earnings are jumping. Sales are jumping. It's going to be expensive. They peaked. Back in March, looks like March. Let me, let me check that. Yeah, they peaked at $102.56 in March. Okay, now today it's at 63 Should you buy more? There's a lot of support in the high 50s for the stock. And 63 you know, it's... Well, the growth rate will probably justify this high valuation. So I'm thinking, yeah, you could buy more here, but don't buy too much of any one stock. Three to five percent of your portfolio at the most. But uh, I, I do like what they develop mobile software that enables mobile content distribution and transactions. You'd have to dig into that. But sales are going in the right direction. Earnings going in the right direction. 100-plus growth for both. So it's pretty optimistic. Even though it's made a great run, it still might, still might have some left in it. Don't know. Okay, uh, let's see. Well, summer is definitely here. It's hot here in Southern California. I don't know wherever you are uh, here in the beginning of August. Um. So the first month of the third quarter just passed, right? So we had to think about the second month, August and September, the third month. Those are the next quarter. Summertime since 1986, the August month has been the worst of the year. But from, but before that, all the years before that, before 1986, all the years. August was the best month. So August still has a return in August, though there's still a return to the market, 1.8%. But before August of 1986, it was 4% on average. Now, what happened? You know, why all of a sudden? I, I, I only can, can speculate. It was that year <laughs> that a pretty big, technical report came out that pointed this out, that August was your best month to invest. And it gave you the statistic going back, 4%. So when everybody knows something, 
it no longer works. So maybe after that day, everybody's trying it, doesn't work. That's just a speculation. I mean, no one really knows. So think, think about that. Anyways, we at KPP Financial, I'd like to talk about the company just briefly, if I may. Here on Talk and KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And so how do we implement that? Well, we give you unbiased guidance, for one, but also parallel investing, meaning I buy the same things for my clients as I do for myself, same price, same percentage for the portfolios, for all the portfolios. So I have all my money and all spread out in the different portfolios. So I, I participate right along with my clients. So these are we have about five strategies that from very risky to hardly any risk. Depends on what you want. We'll go over them. We'll talk to you about them. But first, we'll take a look at your portfolio. We'll take a look at it for free. There's no obligation. And tell you what we think. Give you our, our perspective on what kind of risks you're taking in your own portfolio. Maybe you're taking more risk than you should or less risk than you should. But at least you would know. So if you want us to do that, you can call our office, KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Or you can uh, send us an email. I think after speaking with us about 10 minutes or so, you'll begin to see how I and Justin are a bit different. Okay? And there's no obligations, I said. There really isn't. You know, there, you don't have to do anything. We'll be, we want to help. I like helping people. We want to help people, even if you don't become a client. I know it sounds, you know, salesman-y, I guess, but it's true. I'm at a stage in my career where I just want to help people. So if I can help you, I'll help you. So, anyways, get in touch with us. Send us an email. Do something. Let's pivot back to Talk Voice Bank. The question came in earlier from a listener, listener in Iowa. Hi, guys. This is Travis from Iowa. Rexnord Corporation, RXN. I have a small position in it right now. Curious if you think that's a good hold or if I should try and expand it to, to get it a little bit bigger in my portfolio or just sell it and take profits. Just curious what you think of that. I'll listen for the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, this this stock based around $30 and was there for well over a year and sunk to about $19 during COVID, then back up to about in the low 30s. And then recent times, recent times of this year, it jumped from the 30, 30 base that it was making, $30 base, to fifty six seventy two. Okay. So, what, what does it do? What does Rex Nord do? Symbol RXN. Uh, it is out of Wisconsin. Manufactures gears, couplings, bearings, draining products, valves, piping, faucet products, that kind of thing. Okay? It's kind of basic industrial stuff. They're going to make $2.06 this year. After making $1.77 last year, they've made money every year for quite some time. But for a long time, from 2014... To 2020, they're making about a dollar seventy, dollar seventy-five per year. It's not very exciting, but now they're going to make two dollars and six cents this year, and two dollars and forty-two cents next year. Sixteen percent increase this year, seventeen percent increase of earnings. Sales are kind of flat. Um, return on equity is nice at sixteen percent, but you know you're talking about a fifty-six dollar stock going to make two dollars and forty cents. So you're well over. 23, 24 PE for a basic industrial company, that's expensive. That's expensive. i probably take profits. I, I, I don't know if i sell out, but I certainly would take some profits here. And then, you know, watch carefully of the fundamentals and 
make sure they're still in place. Okay? That's make sure that it's justified. 888 chart 888-992-4278. A Hartford a hedge fund manager named Diego Pirelli uh, is a hedge fund uh, manager. He thinks gold's going to three to $5,000. Well, why? Well, maybe I can get to that right after this break. I hear I, hear I have to take a break. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break, I promise. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Okay, so why do these hedge fund managers think gold's going to three to five thousand dollars? I noticed he didn't give us too, clo- too too specific of a time frame. He did not. And anybody can guess what they think is going to happen. Um, um, he predicts that the stock market's going to crash also. And why? Why does he predict gold and stock market crash? And he said high inflation and the central bank printing money like crazy. So, the both kind of printing money does produce high inflation all by itself, but that's what he, that's what he thinks. So let's just say gold is a good hedge, and maybe you should have something for protection. Well, how do you how do you have gold? Yeah, you know, remember anybody can predict anything. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, I can tell you, yeah, the markets are going to crash. Uh huh, and it will, but when? No one knows that. Okay, I can tell you, gold's going to go up. Well, when? And how much? I, you know, no one really knows those things. But if you want to hedge yourself, there's a number of ways you can buy gold. You can buy you can buy the gold itself. You can buy gold bars. You can buy gold coins. Okay. You can uh, buy stocks, gold mining stocks, or you can maybe buy ETFs, gold ETFs, or you can buy gold futures. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody that don't know what they know, don't know anything about futures. But you can. There's different ways to buy it. We have gold mining stocks for a hedge and some some of our managed accounts. Okay, uh, so you can do it. There's gold ETF for miners, and there's a gold ETF to track just the gold price. Uh, GLD and GDX. GDX is the miners. GLD is the gold. But there's different ways you can hedge yourself. If you choose to do so, but what if gold does not go to three to five thousand dollars? Remember, gold is what eighteen hundred right now, eighteen hundred an ounce. So if it goes to three thousand dollars, it's almost doubling. And if it goes to five thousand dollars, it's what one hundred eighty percent or so, whatever. So just watch yourself. Let's squeeze in another caller before we're into the show. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, Steve, Justin, I was wondering if you guys could take a look at Target and let me know if it would be a good long-term hold and what would be a good price to get in right now. Thank you, guys. Yeah, that's easy. Target is a good long-term hold, yes, like Walmart, Costco, very good, solid companies. Let's look at Target. TGT operates uh, 1,897 Target supermarkets and city Target stores in U.S. offering general merchandise. 
They're going to make $12.29 this year after making $9.42 next year, a 30% increase. Next year, it's going to be flat, $12.22. So it's a $260 stock. So that's going to make it what? A 20, 12, 20, 40, 20, about 25 PE ratio. And the five-year range is 10 to 24. So it's expensive. It's right at the top of its range. Return on equity is very good at 36%. Very good cash flow. Pays a 1.4% dividend. Mutual funds has been slowly buying it over the last year. But, you know, it ran up in the, from from December, what, 160 to now 260. Two years ago, uh, it was at 60. I think you're chasing performance, and I don't think you should chase this. you got to wait for a pretty decent pullback, maybe to the uh, $200 area, maybe 180 to 200 somewhere in there. Until it pulls back to there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it. Amazon looks to be pulling back on drone delivery systems. They've been testing the drone delivery system, or at least started to, in the United Kingdom. Okay? And they just recently laid off 100 employees in their, in their, in the part of the company that focuses on that in the United Kingdom. So... It looks like to me Amazon is moving away from drone delivery. All that hype about it? No, don't think so. Well, it looks like. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family, if you would, about our pre podcast. You can get them anytime in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, investtalk.com. And be sure to review and rate, and rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. We really like that. Uh, each positive rating you know, helps raise our profile. Oh, you don't have to have a positive rating, but we would like you to rate us. You decide what you want to do. And you can browse, uh, you can browse our podcast by topics. You know, and I said market volatility, growth stocks, interest rates, U.S. labor market, topics, whatever topic you want. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.